It's 9, 9 p.m. We'll, we'll cycle back when uh, uh, when Chad joins. I want to get started. Um, I have a fair amount written up in the uh, uh, in the notes, and I've tried to make it um, self-explanatory. So when you when you uh, scan through it, um, and those who couldn't make it tonight, uh, gain an understanding of uh, what's going on. Um, I also realized that I um, mixed up. Um, uh, our attorneys' names are the attorneys who are working with are Liz Atkinson and Andrew White of LeClaire. And good evening, Chad. Um, oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we, yes we can. And Chad, as you, <laughs> as you can probably see, we have uh, Dan, Josh, uh, and Stephanie on. And yep. uh, Josh is uh, uh, in a car. And oh, the, okay. the agenda, yeah, I see, I think that's, that's, yep, that's you. Yep, I'm in it. Okay. Um, so we had, uh, uh, getting a fair amount of background noise. Did, uh, if you're not speaking, if you could uh, put your mic on mute. Thank you. Um, so we talked last week about uh, several of the articles, um, and those were uh, uh, we handled those uh, back on the 29th uh, with uh, with Liz, um, and she described that she would um, that uh, she had spoken with Chad and the notion of how to uh, handle the election and term of office of the board of directors would uh, be self-perpetuating. Uh, the comments. Um, then for today, with uh, Andrew White and Liz Atkinson and me, uh, were I probably should include myself in these notes. Um, really focused primarily on uh, the election, the second bullet, the election of the board of directors. Um, thank you, not 15. Yeah. Um, uh, and so the idea is that we want the board to be self-perpetuating, and that is that the board will elect replacements uh, for each of their individual members. Um, we will open up to uh, rank and file members that they make they may make suggestions for the board of directors, but we are not um, uh, providing members with the ability to vote or uh, formally nominate uh, the board of directors. Um, uh, the uh, this was this comes at the recommendation of uh, our attorneys, um, and in my experience of 20 years on a, a board of a privately held bank, uh, that uh, there it, it will enable some level of um, latitude to have uh, the, the board be self-perpetuating and self-policing. Does anyone have any objections to this mechanism? Or did you want to discuss it? Or uh, am I, if I'm not explaining it, I'm, any questions? Or if you are, remember, I just asked you to go on mute. So if you're, um, if you're on mute, uh, because I asked you to uh, go on mute. 
And if you're asking a question now, we can't hear you. I'm good. Okay. All right. The other was a point on compensation. And so I guess a little a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. So I've um, I found one good book and uh, had a second one recommended to me today by our attorneys. Um, both of them titled "Managing a Nonprofit." Uh, one by Thomas Wolf, the other by Bruce. Uh, Hop. Oh, I get it. Let me not. You get the right name. So I'm taking a couple notes today. It's either Hodgkins or Hopkins. It'll, I'll bring it up. Um, so in both of these books, there's a fair amount of discussion about the um, boundary between a board and officers and then they also talk about uh, staff and management. There's a lot of discussion about the roles and responsibilities. Um, and the the idea that a, a board should be directing and monitoring, and they absolutely have uh, um, fiduciary responsibility for the organization. Uh, with that comes uh, accountability as well as liability. Um, and there, is, so it's, probable that we will have um, some of the board members be much more active than is uh, the norm. And I think that's okay. And so the we're clear on compensation that the board members will not receive compensation. And in the bylaws, we're going to leave it at that. This gives us the ability to uh, determine whether we add uh, paid staff or not later on. And so this is just trying to look ahead to say, okay, what's going to happen you know, six months, a year from now, 18 months, 24 months from now, and not, um, not alter something that we uh, put in the, uh, in the articles of incorporation and have to update it. So the, um, th the more I read about our requirement to file a, a form 990N, which is an equivalent to a, a tax return for a nonprofit, uh, the requirement to keep audited uh, books uh, so that we can maintain our 501c3 status uh, and uh, managing bookkeeping and the uh, firm requirement to keep uh, minutes for meetings that we hold uh, at the board level. Um, and should we should keep uh, minutes for a while at, an, at the officer level. Uh, these are things that are, um, they're not optional the, and they um, uh, help protect you know, uh, the organization from uh, litigation, but they also keep it clearer and cleaner on managing the organization. One of the, uh, so as I've been uh, studying and reading, the there are areas that, uh, are new to me. One is the uh, the legal aspect of what is a 501c3. The other is what are our uh, reporting requirements. And so I've got a little bit of uh, discussion on that uh, later on, but there are also a lot of areas that uh, I think we are also currently pretty well 
skilled and have thought through what it is that we want to do and what is it that um, uh, what do we need to get done? You know, what what is what are we about, and what do we want to try to accomplish? Uh, along those lines, one of the things that um, in talking about the, the mission statement briefly, uh, I'll, I'll come back to the uh, to the agenda presently. But if if I may, um, down on the uh, the top of the second page. One of the details in the IRS submission form is we have to articulate our mission in 255 characters or less. Uh, Josh took a crack at this, and I think it's uh, outstanding. And it's not easy to uh, to write in concise form. The old expression: I didn't have time to write a short story, so I wrote a novel. So my thanks to Josh for uh, writing the mission in 255 characters. So as we go through the uh, 1023 easy, I have a hunch that a lot of the form will be read by a machine. So picking up on the examples that uh, the IRS has provided us, both uh, examples that have uh, passed as well as those that have not passed uh, are important. Uh, so I think Josh has done a good uh, crack at this, and you know, as the as we run it uh, past the attorneys, we'll see what uh, what happens. You know, if we have to modify it at all. Okay, back up to the schedule. All right, so um, we had a couple of changes to the bylaws today. Uh, Andrew White is going to uh, make the changes. And he'll go back into the Articles of Incorporation uh, to clean up and capture anything that is um, uh, that cascades from the changes that we made to the bylaws. We made a change here. We want to make sure it's consistent throughout all our, all our submission. Um, Liz's estimate on the submission uh, was around three to four weeks. Uh, we had a discussion today, um, and I'm my recommendation is leaning toward, yeah, let's wait until January 2nd to get everything uh, ready and submit to the IRS. There is, of course, a natural tendency to take our collective feet off the throttle. Um, I'm uh, uh, Chad, I, uh, I used you as, uh, as the foil, and I said that uh, I really needed to review these documents uh, with you before uh, uh, we could proceed, so I needed a buffer before January 2. Uh, I hope that was okay. Uh, and uh, so we're going to try to get uh, a rev on the documents over the next uh, several days. And so by um, early next week, we, we want a, uh, a rev on the Articles of Incorporation as well as the bylaws. From there, we'll get things reviewed. And I, I think from the rest of these notes, there are there may be some discussion, I think there will be, that will bring up some ideas on uh, organization or structure, things that we want to try to settle out before incorporating. Now, if not, no problem, then, then we just go forward. And uh, again, the way we've structured this is we keep the bylaws separate from the articles of incorporation so that at a board level, we can alter the bylaws with 
a simple majority vote, we keep minutes that and it's done as opposed to resubmitting the articles of incorporation. Okay. Uh, that's what I had on schedule. I mentioned the questions, comments so far. Okay. Normal course of running uh, status meeting as we go, uh, uh, as we get a little more mature, I would expect to be speaking less. And so I apologize for uh, doing a lot of the speaking tonight. That's um, certainly not my desire going forward. As that um, keenly interested in uh, hearing about what's uh, what, what's going on and what what we're uh, uh, what the progress is and and very excited about that. Okay, I'm on page number. Let's see. Does this Google thing give me a page number? Page number two, gathering feedback from the FPV community. So as I've mentioned at nauseum, my experience is working in for-profit companies. And the uh, a key metric uh, is, of course, and a for-profit is uh, financial um, metrics, revenue, profit, um, whatever, but uh, you know, returns, a return on asset, et cetera, um, a lot of financial metrics. And we can determine success. A nonprofit, on the other hand, has uh, normally a dual responsibility. It has a responsibility to serve the public because that's why we're getting a tax exemption, as well as some financial metric. But the financial metric can be secondary. And so what becomes critically important is how are we maintaining uh, a dialogue? How are we gathering feedback? How are we ensuring that as time goes forward that we are serving the FPV community that we have committed uh, to serve and to that we are in fact uh, being funded by through the tax exemption? Make sense so far? Does, does that difference between a for-profit and non-profit make sense to folks? Absolutely. Yep, sounds good to me. Okay. So, um, one of the so I've spent uh, years working in uh, organizations where we gathered product or services, or software, product and and services uh, requirements. Um, and mm -hmm. the best way to get feedback that I found was to go to a a technical sales organization. They and the reason being is they. They worked with hundreds of customers, and they were interested in uh, uh, the best way to install in the price point. Uh, the, we, were we not solving the problems of their hundreds of customers or thousands of customers? And so it was a very efficient way to get at the nitty gritty. And if you talk to an individual customer, the customer will tell you their latest impossible problem. And it may or may not be related to the product that you're trying to get requirements for. So approaching this with that type of experience, I'm trying to think about what's a what's an intelligent way that we should be thinking about. So most every major uh, output product result that we create, we want to be thinking about how are we measuring this to the benefit of the FPV community? How do we ask people, am I, am I doing okay? Does this make sense? 
Is this all right? Is this on track? Is this helping? Now, some of this I think is going to be difficult because uh, one of the tenants that we're really pushing for is working with the FAA so that we uh, ensure that we continue free rights and free access to locations to fly in an uh, FPV manner. So not designated sites as the AMA is keenly interested in. Nothing wrong with, with designated sites. That's not our primary goal. So given that uh, there is a certainly, an, uh, we've seen and read it, read about it that a lot of folks are not interested in uh, adhering to FAA rules and guidelines. There will, you know, it's, uh, we will have to be uh, evangelizing and articulating why it's of everyone's benefit uh, to be able to have the privilege of using the national airspace. So, then how do we match that with, are we helping the community? And so if someone says, well, the heck with the FAA, and we're saying, well, we're trying to advocate with the FFA and work collaboratively with them, how do we then in the next breath say, are we helping? Are we doing a good job? So we'll, we'll need to be creative on getting uh, feedback. And I, uh, I, I've watched Chad get feedback and it, he sorts through thousands and thousands of uh, posts, you know, the, lots of silly responses, but you know, frequently we'll get you know, some really insightful comments. And so you know, maybe it's using and leveraging the existing uh, social media context that we have, you know, using uh, videos and the feedback or using Facebook. And so this is an area that uh, I'm really open to, but I do feel that we need to be thinking about, you know, for every major deliverable that we create, what is a, a good mechanism that we can uh, measure uh, the, what we've just created. Thoughts, reactions? Well, I, uh, Dave, this is Chad. Um, I always, um, I always go back to the mission and I just say, um, you know, people's feelings are going to change. So we may even get feedback that sounds like we're off track, but as long as we're pursuing the mission, that's what matters. Mm -hmm. um, so if two people are talking or somebody brings up a, um, you know, a concern, rather than talking about that thing, you know, in the weeds, so to speak, we just go back to the mission and we say, well, do you disagree with this? Because uh, oftentimes it's not that they disagree with what we're um, getting done. It's it's that people will disagree with the method in which it's getting done. So if you go and talk about, well, hey, do you agree with this thing that we're trying to get done? Oftentimes they say yes. And, you, and then you just work back from there and find out where the disagreement is. Um, but, uh, but I think our, our strongest, um, I guess, Thing to keep us on track is going to be that that mission statement. Okay. One metric that we can well sort of use to see if we're on track is the the numbers of members. You know, is the membership going up or down? And did we do something that suddenly caused a lot of members not to renew? Things like that. Yeah, that's that's essentially people. Uh, well, in a retail store, the you know, they vote with their dollars. <laughs> so if they're not buying something, you're not selling what they want or you're not providing the service they need. 
yeah, that's yeah, and that may be true for our merchandise as well. Yeah, I do. I do think that the um, the merchandise will be a, a nice surrogate for. Uh, you know, are we uh, are we doing okay? That or Stephanie's going to find uh, the most talented art artist, and we'll get an erroneous value because the uh, the artwork is so stunning. Hey, I'm doing the very best I can, and I think I have several locked down. Awesome. <laughs> you know, awesome. so I'm do I am doing the best I can, and they are actually working on a lot of really cool stuff right now. Um, That's cool. That's cool. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Good. Another uh, item that I would like to probably over over the next small number of days is that there was a, a clever aspect of the uh, mission for a nonprofit, which is the mission statement should have two um, pieces to it. The first piece is what we've uh, created, and that's a uh, a higher abstraction of this is the mission of the organization. The second piece, and particular to a nonprofit, and this, is, this again was a new one on me, was some level of specificity that uh, describes some of the tasks and deliverables that we're going to create. And I thought, ah, oh, that's, that's pretty shrewd from the uh, perspective of one of the challenges to uh, it is in a, in a for-profit is bridging the strategy to a plan. And you know, it's one of those, uh, a miracle occurs in between this transformation. So to think through, well, you know, one of the, you know, we want education that provide, that does the following, or we want to uh, see if we can uh, be part of the knowledge test with the FAA or, you know, or, or, or. And so, I'll take a crack at it, and uh, I want to share that uh, across the team. Uh, but it's, uh, I thought, a, a clever thing on the on the mission that will allow us to uh, then start to turn that into uh, tasks that we, uh, uh, and this will build on the existing uh, actions and idea folder. Okay, good good thoughts on that one. A any other points on the? Um, on uh, the feedback uh, gathering and the mechanisms? I think right. a lot of it's gonna end up being boots on the ground. You know, um, I've found in a lot of cases, people just wanna be heard a lot of the time. And usually when it's the most angry or outspoken or difficult voice to listen to, those are the ones that want to be heard the most. And a lot of times if you can get past that, you can actually hear what they're saying. Um, and I think it's gonna be a lot of trial and error, but we're gonna to have to actually have conversations with people. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. I also think that, um, you know, getting out there and, you know, putting, you know, the occasional survey out and um, just about relevant topics or, you know, something that's going on would be you know ideal too and you can do that through you know twitter or, or facebook or or whatever um so that we can get the reach through there we can do it through the discord if we you know wanted to but just you get a lot of it just by talking to people and getting a pulse but at the same time you know not everybody's active all at the same time so um you know getting something that's kind of static out there that that somebody can go to on their off time. Um, that's always ideal too. Um, 
since you're of a, a technical bent, I'm trying to remember the there's a, a network something in NCS. Um, it's a single question customer satisfaction survey. I don't know if you've heard of this, Dan. It's uh, being used across the tech industry. And the question for most uh, that's most frequently uh, posed is, would you buy from us again? And you know we can create the uh, the single question, but you know to me the uh, um, it's you know to if we think about surveying, and I don't I I won't get you know I won't go on and on, but you know, keeping it really really brief. And um, Chad does this with his Facebook surveys. Hey, you know what do you think about this? And why you know we get uh, we get lots of comments and. Um, Having to, uh, Stephanie, to your point, um, we'll have to have conversations with people. Um, one of the best comments uh, I got, um, it was in 1985 from a fellow who was on um, assignment from IBM Japan, told me about requirements. There is no replacement for being there when you talk to the customer and the customer's environment, you get an, a better sense of what's really going on. So listening and talking to people I, you know, and, you know, is, is incredibly valuable. And to the extent we can be face-to-face, -face, all the better. I completely okay. agree with that. And that's where we're going to have to differ from an, a for-profit business model because we're more, I mean, community-based so we have to have a little bit more empathy we have to take a little bit more time because it's it's about building those relationships and building that trust to get people to support you i mean they might agree with what you're doing and might have some questions about some things but if you don't have some level of comfortable open communication they're not going to communicate with you yeah. and you have about 15 seconds to get someone's attention or you have about 15 seconds of someone's time. So each day you have to think about, I'm gonna limit, you know, just the crap that I put out versus, okay, this one thing we need to get done today. Um, but, you know, that that's where we have to differ is to understand that we have to be empathetic to people and to their needs. Yeah. I like it. There's, um... There's a good book, Listening, uh, Talking to Crazy, Mark Golston, G-O-U-L-S-T-O-N, one of my favorite reads. Um, uh, uh, a lot of experience uh, working in difficult organizations. And so uh, it's a good read when we when we think about, oh, you know, uh, you know, we post a question and you get, you know, 500 responses that are all negative. It's like, okay, just what Stephanie, just what you're saying. Let's try to put ourselves in this person's uh, shoes for a, a moment and listen and try to sort through the, the chaff. What's the point that the person's making? Right. Okay. Exactly. Other other points on that topic. Okay. Next topic is uh, FPV staff uh, volunteer versus paid or and paid, and so um, this is one that 
I'm bringing, I'm touching on areas that are, for me, the, the areas that are really different. I mean, jumping into a nonprofit and, you know, having someone around who's not paid, you know, I, I just, it just hurts my head. I don't, it is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And so in what I'm reading, the tension arises or frequently arises when uh, we'll put a, a paid staff next to a volunteer staff, particularly when the volunteer has been there for a while, maybe through uh, from founding, and we bring in someone and there's resentment. And so one of the ways to try to mitigate the problem is very clear roles and responsibilities. And so um, it's a, uh, uh, it, it sounds like, oh gosh, you know, position descriptions, uh, things of that nature, uh, roles and responsibilities, workflow. And I, I from the, from the, you know, without uh, just focusing on the bureaucracy and the infrastructure, uh, it's something that, that uh, I'm trying to make sure that we keep an eye on something that, you know, as, as we need it, you know, we'll say, oh, okay, I think we need a position description for this now. And that's certainly something that, uh, that can be, that can be done pretty easily. Um, any thoughts or reaction to this? Any, um, any experience in having working together with uh, a mixture of paid and volunteer? I have quite a bit of experience between paid and volunteer, um, just in my years of volunteer work for fan conventions that I've done. Cool. And um, just from my perspective, because I've always been on the volunteer side, uh -huh. we're, we're usually in and out for like three or four days. Yeah. And paid, paid staff is a very small core group that would have to travel with the show or um, were the actual owners of the show. So that they once put in all the time of everything. Um, so it was never really a question, but we had very, you know, determined times that we were supposed to be there. It wasn't an ongoing thing. It was, okay, you have to be there from this Thursday to this Sunday, and then you're done. You know? so, the, so, so the brevity of the uh, engagement uh, helped uh, lower tensions. Yeah, it really did. Um, plus, the other thing, too, is that I've found a true volunteer, and you can you can – see those you you can tell who are the true volunteers it's not about getting paid it's about achieving a goal you know um volunteers are passionate people and they're only going to volunteer for the things that they're passionate for so as long as you can keep that passion going and that interaction going and you know just getting feedback from them to just check and make sure hey how are you doing are you okay are you overdoing it you know, are you putting too much time in? Are you taking time away from this? You know, you got to kind of keep your finger on that pulse as well. You have to take care of your volunteers. You have to. Um, a lot of times even more so than paid staff because, you know, they don't have to be there. Mm -hmm. And if you're relying on them and they go away, well, then what do you have? <laughs> so it's, it, it's, a, it's a really fine dance that it, it takes someone who really wants to be a part of something to volunteer. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that we're just going to have to, I guess, really just kind of approach it when it, when it comes around. Um, but there will be hurt feelings and there will be, you know, dissension, but 
it's kind of a nature of the beast too. So you have to decide, is that the hill you want to die on? Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how important it is to you. So, but yeah, I've had both sides and it's, and it's, it can be successful if, you know, properly navigated. Okay, good. Well, I mean, that's part of the, my thought process here is trying to get in front of uh, problems like this. And please don't take this that I'm obsessing on, uh, on the minutia. Uh, I'm sure I want to, you know, uh, I'm big on majoring on majors and, uh, um, but uh, I'm also, uh, I fully appreciate that, uh, uh, the details are what make a, uh, an entire organization really, uh, operate smoothly. Right. And I think that if it wasn't discussed now, like where we are, we would be doing ourselves a huge disservice because mm-hmm. it's time for us to talk about those things. Maybe not in them, but at least have it on the table and everybody at least on the same page or close to the same page um, because it's the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not an issue now since we have no money, right? But hopefully if we are successful, like we're planning to be, then this will be an issue that we should be thinking about. Yeah. And it'll be a good issue. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm with you. Yeah. We're, yeah. Agreed on all points. Okay. Other questions, comments on that? Okay. Um, Moving on to status of actions and ideas. This is on the third page. Um, Stephanie, the way I like to try to think of, we've been talking about merchandising. And so um, my mindset is always um, what was completed what are we planning? Where do you need help? And so, if you could structure any uh, any thoughts that you've that you've got on merchandising, on what have we accomplished, what's in front of us, and you need and where might you need help? What we've accomplished so far is I've gotten everybody on the same page to start working on our first like actual campaign because the brand merchandise is what it is. We're using the logos um, unless otherwise stated. Um, so that's kind of a generic thing that we just have to plug and play. Um, as far as the unique limited run, you know, I don't really know how you want to put it since we're <clears throat> not going to use our store at first. Um, our branded plus stuff or our limited edition run thing. Um, our first campaign is uh, fly free. So I told. Is I'm I sorry. Is what team, is what. Is what free? Fly free. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, um, and like what that means to you. So I've, I've gotten the team, you know, kind of jazzed up about that. And what does that mean to you? Show me visually what that means to you. So I'm going to have them submit, you know, everything that they have that they want to submit, have it ready for you guys for first looks. And then you can choose from that, you know, what's you. I love it. Um, as far as milestones and dates, the dates that I have set for that, um, and since we're getting close to Christmas, it's going to be kind of hinky because I don't want to put too much pressure on everybody. Yep. Um, but the, the first date uh, that I have, I have set for them is the 14th. Um, if I need to push that back, I can. But I'd like for the first packet for first looks is to come to you guys on the 17th. Okay. Um, that's my that's my goal. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm depending on volunteered time so i don't you know 
I understand. Yeah, completely I'm not going to be a dictator. Yeah. Um, and as far as what we will, what we'll have, that's, I need an opinion from Chad on that. Like what kind of things you want covered. All of the art that we're doing is vector. So we're going to be able to scale it up and down accordingly. Um, I'm having everybody save at 1620, 16 by 20. That way it can be scaled down and still translate and look well. Um, but it'll look amazing on like shirts, hoodies, um, bigger pieces like that. Um, so that's, hold on, let me check my notes. Okay, so that's- a, what, what is it that you wanted to check with me specifically? Just what, Just... what types of things that you want as for merch? Oh, for- so we've, been um, we've been talking about shirts, hats, and jackets, mm -hmm. Stephanie. Yeah, okay. is there anything and... else specific? Well, uh, no, I would say stick to the, the basics okay. until you find out <clears throat> find out what people want. Cool. Yeah, I want to keep it small and simple because if you if you offer too many things, then nothing is sold. Um, yep. So cool. All right, we're on the same page on that one. Good. Yay. Are you looking at a print on demand uh, capability? I have. Um, See, that's the thing. That's the other thing that I needed to, to find out about before I'm able to really commit to anything. I have to know what our sales platform is going to be because um, there's several ones that we can use. I don't know how they would integrate into um, other websites and stuff. That's the only thing that's holding me up with that. Um, but I think that's our best bet because we're not having to come out of pocket for anything. Mm -hmm. And that's like <laughs> the most important thing. And you can set your um, campaign to run however long. You can have it perpetual, you can have it, you know, a week, two weeks, whatever. Um, and every three days they ship, they'll print and ship however many orders they have. So you don't have to wait until the end of the campaign. Um, so that was a huge plus. Okay. I'm thinking that uh, maybe could uh, you and I spend some time on this, Stephanie, so I get a feeling for uh, the uh, the mechanics and what the uh, cost options are. Yeah, absolutely. And I can have I can have some notes together um, probably tomorrow afternoon. Okay. I can I can I can push and and I can have that ready for you so that you'll have something tangible to look at as well because it's a lot <laughs> and I don't want to start talking about one point and just completely lose you because it's really easy. Okay. Uh, especially with these platforms. All right. So maybe Friday noon Eastern, something like that. Sounds brilliant. I'm writing okay. it down. Okay. Um, so let's see, I'll ping you for, a phone number that I can call. And if anyone else, if you want anyone else tied in, we can uh, pull them in. Okay, that, yeah, just that, the number that, that you an, have for me is fine. Okay, and that was an explicit invitation to folks on this call. So if you if you want in, please speak up. Okay, Friday noon, call Stephanie. Okay. Okay. So meta, meta discussion, a discussion about a discussion. What I just did is I try to have the discussion go for a bit. And then when it gets to a level of detail that it makes sense that we 
handle it outside of this meeting, that's what we that's what I try to do. So that's what we just pulled off. All right, um, code of conduct, or let me, before we close that out, um, Stephanie, anything else on merchandising? Nope, that's kind of where we sit right now. Um, okay. And I think I'll be able to get a lot cleared up Friday and okay. be able okay. to really kind of hammer forward with that. Okay, awesome. Thank you, thanks for all the time and energy you've been putting into this. Uh, no code of conduct, Josh, my apologies. I have not uh, pull, pulled it down and uh, edited uh, the code of conduct. Um, has, uh, have others uh, had an opportunity to look at what uh, Josh wrote? Okay, so- I posted uh, it up for everybody. So um, if you do have a moment, please take a look at it. It's a pretty important document that uh, it's gonna go to pretty much every member and every staff member. So uh, please look at now. it, give me some feedback. Uh, Briefly after you posted it. I'm sorry, I think Dan, you had a question or was that a oh, statement? I was just, just saying that I did read it, sort of read over it briefly after he posted it and uh, it all looked really good. I didn't uh, memorize it or anything, but I thought it was good. Okay, and uh, Josh, I will go through it with a, a fine tooth comb. Um, I agree, a code mm -hmm. of conduct is is explicitly part of what we will hand to um, not only members, but hey, you know, here's you know, here's your member package, but it's also what we would hand to the board of directors, and so it's uh, it, it I agree, it is important. Okay. Um, next topic is the website. So what I would like to do is uh, set a review. Um, Chad, with uh, you and me, that uh, Dan can take us through uh, the website. Now, it, it may be brief because we've been there uh, before, but I, I did want to do a, a last last call before we uh, uh, hit the uh, um, publish button. Uh, yeah, uh, when would you like to do that? Uh, Dan, what is your availability to do that? One, I'm hoping that's okay with you, Dan, but then... Then, what's, if that's okay, what's your availability? That sounds great. Uh, we're fine. I, I work a typical, you know, eight in the morning to five in the afternoon kind of thing, Monday through Friday. What time zone are you in, Dan? Important. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan, uh, you, you clipped. Oh, we're... I'm in the central time zone. Okay. All right. So uh, early evening, is that uh, like if we did something 7 p.m. Uh, Central? Yeah, yeah, anytime in the evenings works or weekends are fine too, usually. Okay. Uh, Chad, Mon uh, I'm pretty flexible, it's a priority, so just... Um... I'm not traveling the rest of this week, so okay. Um, so yeah, I'll make it work. Whatever works for you guys. All right. Has um, let's see, Saturday. This um, what's what's a preference for you guys uh, if we did a Saturday? So uh, 
remember I'm an old fart, so I'm an early riser. And it would, uh, it makes me a little crazy when projects get scheduled for the middle of the day, because that sort of makes it difficult then that I have to be back in front of a computer in the middle. So either my preference would be uh, beginning of the day or the end of the day. Chad, do you have a, a preference? Sorry, I had to get to the unmute button. Um, I'm I'm always better in the mornings. I'm fresher as okay. I get towards the end. Um, Same here. So if we did if we did an eight a.m. is that too early, Chad? No, that should work for me. Okay, so that says I'm going in the wrong direction. That that's makes seven a.m. for those that's of us. That's seven. <laughs> that's seven. That's seven in the. Uh, all right. So if we said nine, that would make it a little more human for Central. Does that? Yes, please that, and thank you. Does that work, Dan? Yeah, that would work for me this Saturday at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Central. Nine your time. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, do you want to use uh, this uh, Discord channel and have, um, and then if you if you um, give us the link on the Pathfinder, whatever, uh, then we could be looking at what you're looking at. Does the or what's a good way to run the, the logistics of this, Dan? Yeah, I was thinking that same thing. We could certainly start off with this Discord as the voice channel for everything. Okay. Um, not sure. If we wanted to sort of share a screen or anything, we could come up with something else. Um, yeah, I get uh, it just okay to, without needing that. I, I'm with you. We just, uh, here's the link. It's, we're on Discord. So 9 a.m. Saturday. Um, uh, here and then if if I could trouble you to just uh, copy in the uh, link to the website um, before uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, no problem. Perfecto. Okay. Um, I, I'm sure that link is in there somewhere. Is there? I'm trying. To, I'm wondering. Is there any homework that I should be doing before that? I do want to look at some of the deliverables, so I should make a note of that some of the deliverables that are already up there, up on the site. Okay. Um, I think that's what we had in terms of marketing topics. Any Anyone else on any of the other, be it uh, uh, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or creating articles, et cetera? Okay. Uh, Stephanie, I have a hunch that uh, you've not had the time to touch anything on PR, uh, given what you've been doing on merchandising, which is a bunch. Is that fair? That's a fair statement. I'm still trying to establish uh, contact, you know, relationships with, with certain pilots and things to kind of get them, you know, kind of gauge where they feel about uh, what we're doing and whether they're willing to uh, say plug us in certain ways. Um, that's still kind of hit and miss a little bit because we're not official. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, a few that I've spoken with that aren't completely comfortable, you know, going 100% yet, but mm -hmm. haven't completely turned down the idea, which is cool and that's very fair. Absolutely. Um, I, yep. Yeah, and I, I totally accept that. Okay. Um, but as far as anything else, I haven't really, I haven't really done much. Um, to be honest. Okay. Fair enough. 
I wanted to jump down to one uh, one other topic, which is the FAA relationship. And this was uh, prompted uh, by, I think, Josh and Stephanie today. And uh, there, um, Josh uh, shared a, a note from a Vic Moss uh, who uh, said, hey, you know, we're being asked, uh, or they're being asked by a um, social media person in the FAA, what can be done to help encourage attendance at the AUVSI slash FAA um, uh, event next summer? And so I think my immediate reaction was, well, I'm not sure that I really want to talk through someone. I would like to talk to the FAA, but you know, that's I'm just that's just the way I am, I guess. Um, but from that, uh, we started coming up with a well, maybe it's you know, we should start to think about what are the various ways that we can approach the FAA to offer collaboration. And you know, the the one that always comes to my mind is. We're, we're, we are expert in being able to create a knowledge test. And then as we look through uh, the list of deliverables and dates that AJ uh, provided us, I bet that we can find tasks that we can then find someone in the FAA to, uh, to work with. And so my thinking is that the moment we are approved as a 501c3 the first you know there's then we want to ask you know the FAA again and we we got the response from the um, uh, the fellow in the Cleveland area regional FAA office and he his response was you know this is uh, the 2018 FAA reauthorization was from Congress you know it's a big document we're going through it in the FAA and so it'll Take some time before we're able to say, yeah, you know, we're interested in working with you know you, and yeah, we agree that you're a CBO. So, okay, how do we go back after that? You know, we now have our 501c3. Now we, you know, will you consider us a CBO to work with you? Okay, and then you know, great. You know, what can we do to help? But also, you know, we want to uh, approach the FAA in as many locations as we can, many as many parts of their organization as we can and offer help. Reactions to that? Any any uh, thought, be, thoughts on this? I love Josh's idea today where he said that we need to start compiling a contacts list or you know, just look at their structure and what they, like just the available contacts that they have Mm -hmm. And we can start formulating a plan from that for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that we we would do ourselves a, a great disservice if we didn't jump on this now and start at least planning or, you know, getting organized because we don't want to lose any time. Yep. Chad, any reactions to this one? No, I mean, that sounds good to me. Okay. I think the big... You're breaking up pretty bad, uh, Josh. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's better. Um, don't move. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not moving. Sorry, I'm in a giant metal building right now. Um, oh. 
So anytime we have a chance to talk to the FAA, we need to take it, whether we're formed or not formed. Um, I think the, the more we put the bug in their ear about us and about what we are capable of doing and what we want to do, what our vision is, um, the easier it's going to be once we start saying, hey, now we want to be a CBO. How do we go about that? You know? Um, and not only that, but it shows that we have a confidence level in governing, not, not necessarily governing, it's not the word I'm looking for, but the gist is there, um, of FPV pilots, you know, kind of guiding them and, and, um, towards safe flying, which is exactly what we want to be able to demonstrate what we have to offer in that field. So, like I said, the, the more we can talk to them, every opportunity to talk to them um, from multiple Okay. I got most of that. Sounded like you're on a VoIP. Um, that was pretty, uh, some of it was uh, a little garbled, but I think we got most of the, of the point. Uh, uh, I think there's a universal agreement. Uh, and if you'd start work on a contact list, uh, I will uh, start a list of tasks that we w want to um, offer to the uh, FAA. Hey, well, you know, we'd love to work with you on, you know, you appear to be the chief agency lead on, you know, what a great match. And yep. uh, we'll yeah, just absolutely. Uh, keep working it. Cool. Love the idea. Uh, I'm surprised I, I got through, um, all of that, that quickly. Um, hopefully I didn't give it short shrift. Okay. Time check. Oh my gosh. 52 minutes. Um, other questions, uh, and comments. Um, Stymie, do you want to go over the Google Groups you've been working on and any of the membership management type stuff? Yeah, as far as the groups go, um, because overall, we all kind of dip in and out of every team because we can do that. Um, we have a lot of skills that can be used anywhere. Um, that's worked for us. So instead of any of us being on a designated team, we're kind of all over the place. I'm trying to let that translate with the bulk of the volunteers that I'm about to pull in now for us to have as our working pool, which is the whole purpose of the groups. Um, I set up the uh, volunteer lounge as one main group. Everybody has to be in that group because from that group, we're going to post what team has stuff going on and different people can say, hey, I'd like to be a part of that. And then we put them in that group and then they can work on that for however long or, you know, however long it takes. Um, that way you're not, you, you don't necessarily feel like you're shoehorned into one specific thing and you're able to feel more useful. And that's one of the, the major things that I'm trying to, to instill in us is this is how we help our volunteers. And this is what I'm trying to do for our volunteers is to show that they're supported and that their time means a lot to us. Um, so if we don't, if, if we don't rule over them or overmanage or, you know, come down with a heavy hand, you'll, you'll get a lot more for your buck, which is time at this point. Um, that's kind of where the groups are right now. They're, they're a little on hold, 
because I just got the the last of the volunteer applications uh, processed in my sheet uh, that I will uh, post for everybody to look at. Um, pretty much everybody that has been a part of the Discord, you know, actively that wants to help in a certain area, I think that those are the ones that have kind of been vetted at this point to uh, be trusted with tasks, if that makes any sense. About, um, about how many folks, roughly, Stephanie, is that? Right now, there's about five or six outside of us, um, except for the team that my design team. Like mm -hmm. they're they've they've got their own thing, so I kind of pulled them out of the equation. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of our group here, um, there's about five or six that have proven that they're willing to you know go the distance. Okay. And I think that you know plus also taking into consideration um, not necessarily their pull, but kind of where they stand in the community, it could be very beneficial to us as well. So I'm kind of weighing it all together. Um, but I'll, I'll get with you on that. I'll show you my notes on who's what before I do anything. Um, but there's a lot of really influential people that I think could be helpful for uh, like fundraising awesome. um, for education, which is great because we really need to have that um, kind of established. Um, and as far as people who are willing to speak to others, um, I have a couple that are that are really key. Um, they're really good speakers, and I think they would be very beneficial to utilize their talent. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll get all those notes for you also and have that ready for you. Awesome. I think that was Dan asking the question. Did that um, cover your question, Dan? Yep, that sounded great. Okay. I also added a, a point on the uh, tail end uh, on the productivity tools. And Stephanie, thanks for setting up all of the Google groups. Um, uh, certainly, uh, uh, my personally, it'd be it'd be great to uh, uh, to be able to have our uh, documentation uh, at a at a uh, uh, on a cloud server that uh, has the ability to be uh, uh, easily, you know, just click. Yep, it's going to be backed up on uh, on this, this type of regularity. Love that. Uh, Google uh, the various tools, the sheets, um, slides. Uh, they're uh, all um, uh, pretty easy and, and so uh, similar to Microsoft uh, Office that uh, it makes it, with the exception of Excel and Sheets, uh, that, that I'm struggling with. Um, but it's a, it's a great way to uh, be a, a secure repository for uh, documents. I agree. Uh, groups can be used for that also. Um, we'll be yeah. able to have links to things put in one specific place that never leaves that one, spe that one place. Um, like with Discord, we lose stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it gets killing. lost in the thread or, yeah, and I, it's, it's driving me nuts. Which is why I went ahead and made all of the groups. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you, thank you. You're um, most welcome. Uh, and I, I'm thrashing around for a project management application, a PM app. That's what that uh, shorthand means. Uh, we're looking at Flow uh, in Rotoriot. Uh, there are a couple of others. Um, uh, I shared a uh, through the week a 
uh, effectively a work breakdown structure for our various projects uh, that came that I, I keyed into Microsoft Project. I'm not advocating MS Project. It's very expensive. It's a great tool, but it, it's just prohibitive uh, for uh, a small team. Uh, so we'll find something like Flow, or there are a couple others that are, um, to me, the the benefit. We want to be able to show uh, tracking status, and we all want to have uh, access to it on a multitude of devices and operating systems. Um, and it's you know standard fare. Okay, this is the project. You know, are you uh, are we behind schedule, ahead of schedule? Um, you know, what what are the issues? What's the mitigation plan? So this is project management 101 stuff. Um, so I will I'll continue to dig on that and provide any. Uh, I'll share some ideas and recommendations. And that's what I had. Any anything else? Any around the room? Any uh, uh, we we did have a couple of um, uh, documents on, um, uh, handed in, and I talked to AJ, and uh, AJ uh, will be able to continue to uh, uh, work at what he's been doing. Um, good news for him is he's got a couple of extra uh, gigs that uh, are going to keep him busy through February, so good for him. Uh, but he's absolutely going to continue with us. And uh, uh, certainly the, the uh, documents that he's shared with us are uh, invaluable. I mean, I, I don't know where he's finding this, some of this stuff, uh, a UTM out of Manchester, England, the uh, uh, July uh, FAA document, that's their five-year integration plan with uh, uh, full, uh, manned and unmanned. It was just, my goodness. So they had that in hand when they were presenting to, uh, uh, to Congress, so pretty cool. And uh, my thanks to uh, to AJ. I say that uh, Dan because I know I know we're being recorded, and I'm trying only to say nice things because I know we're being recorded. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but I, hey, I am curious. that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for this New Yorker. Uh, but I, but I do I do appreciate uh, very much uh, AJ's work, and uh, the documents are uh, really. Uh, helping us out. Okay, I've been talking almost the entire hour. Any anyone uh, anyone else? Any uh, comments, concerns, questions? Okay, everybody. Thanks again so much for the time. And it is uh, well, we kept it. It's, I'm looking at 10:01, so that's that's pretty good calendar integrity. Thank you all for showing up on time as well. That helps uh, across the team, and we'll try to uh, make sure that the, the meetings start stop on the time that we're uh, advertised. Have a good. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. Next weekend or, or next Wednesday, are we all? Because we're going to be hitting uh, the holidays soon. Um, so let's see, the 19th is no good for me. I can, I can shift to another day that week. And then the 26th, I would like to cancel if that's okay with everyone. Yeah. Canceling the 26th makes sense. Yeah. yeah I, I second that. <laughs> Good. And the the nineteenth, um, 
I, I really take, I do take this, these meetings seriously and uh, I don't want to show up to that meeting uh, with a couple of uh, glasses of wine under my belt, uh, which will be the uh, status on the, uh, the 19th. Um, I can do the, uh, the meeting on Tuesday or Thursday or looks like Monday or Friday. Could we shift the week of uh, the, the 17th or the 19th meeting to some other other evening? Cancel 12, How about um, Thursday the 20th? Thursday looks good to me. Okay, 12.20. So we're gonna move 12.19 to 12.20, and we're going to cancel 12.26. Very good. I'll send out a reminder on the pathfinding channel to, to that effect so that uh, AJ, and hopefully we see Sean soon, and um, Zoe can see that. Great. I'm going late. I'm three minutes after. Oh, no. <laughs> Get off this call. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much. We'll be in touch. Nice, See you later. guys. Bye. Take, take care. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.